We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve perez joined as always by dusty evely fresh off the road Whoa. from green bay and sarah kelleher what is going on guys uh dusty fill us in man how was how was the trip all the way up to green bay Man, it was awesome. I'm I'm really tired. I just got back in about four hours ago, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> waka, waka. Except I drove. Wow. Um, uh, wow. Yeah, so I, I drove up. Uh, I left early Sunday uh, to get to the game. in Wisconsin was having their big meetup up at the Green Bay Distillery, and so I wanted to make it up to that to meet up with some people. And I got there. I think it's about halfway done by the time I got up there. But man, I got to meet. Um, I'm sure I'm going to miss some people here, but like. Like Dan Kotnick, Jacob Wessendorf, Alex Strauf, uh, Matt Ramage, Jason Perrone, uh, Jimmy Christensen, uh, and then you know and Andy Andy Herman, Ross Uglum. Jimmy uh, Jimmy had quite the outfit on, huh? I walked in and he was one of the first people I saw, and I just kind of nodded. I was like, "Yeah, that that's that on looks, brand for sure. That looks about right." Um, you know, then Andy and and Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney, like just. Tremendous group of people. So I, I was probably there for about an hour and a half, uh, kind of, you know, mingling, talking to people, just amazing stuff. And then I ended up going out to dinner with um, you know, Andy Ross, uh, Tyler Herrick from She Said TV. Uh, and we we hung out outside. We ate uh, at uh, Hinterland outside. So over just right outside in the shadow of Lambeau there and, and ate some food and drank some beer and Really good time, and the game itself was awesome. A little bit of rain, but uh, you know the first half was a little, little rough, a little not great. Oh, we went to Dan Kotnick's uh, uh, tailgate ahead of time, and they know how to party, man. I did something <laughs> called uh, hammer schlager. I don't, I don't know if anyone, do you know what that is? It's basically you hammer nails into a tree stump, but it's whoever does it first, and you have a ha- heavy hammer. It was interesting. I had a good time, so we had a blast with that. The game was fun. So you just hammer nails into wood. We, yeah, more or less. Is there the, what does the winner get? 
I don't know. I think it was supposed to be a drinking game, but none of us had beer. So I, I feel like I didn't get the full experience there. But I, I, I did hammer a nail into a wood. Uh, hit up Dan. Hit up, hit up Dan Kotnick about I, I it. I did hammer a nail into a I wood. I think okay. really what it was, Steve, I think I was too hyper and they needed to bring me down. Like, how can we get some energy out of this guy? Here, hammer this nail into wood. Just hammer this single nail into wood. Um, so basically, it's like what I tell my little, my three-year-old. He's got too much energy. I'm like, go run laps in the backyard. Yeah, do that. Yeah, hammer this nail. Yeah, okay. and it worked. It worked. Uh, yeah, and then the game, you know, first half a little frustrating. Closed it out well. Got a little bit of rain. But, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Got to watch the game itself with uh, Andy Herman and Perry and Maggie. And it was just just a tremendous experience. The cloud was insane, you know, that, that first full crowd back uh, since 2019. Um Tremendous experience. Just had an absolute blast. I'm I am absolutely exhausted uh, from driving all day today. But uh, yeah, it was just just it was amazing getting back up there, and especially amazing meeting so many people, some of whom I had met before, and some I'd only known through Twitter. And I got to meet in person, and it was just just a really amazing experience. I had a blast. Very cool, Sarah. How are you doing? And you want to do like Dusty did and just transition into kind of like a game recap as well? Let's do. Let's do both. Let's do both. Yeah, I mean, I'm here too. So since Dusty <laughs> had story time for us, now I'm just messing with you. Um, yeah, yeah. Everybody oh, sit on the carpet and we'll <laughs> crisscross applesauce. Um, <laughs> no, but looked fun. I'm happy that you got to go, Dusty. I'm excited to go up in a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. um, that'll be great. Looking forward to hopefully nicer weather than in Florida because it's still disgustingly hot and I can't do it. So, um, but anyways, yeah. I'm, same old, same old here for now, um, but excited that the Packers won. I, my, I've talked about it before. My boss is a Lions fan, so um, he was trash-talking, and usually I feel <laughs> confident trash-talking back when the Packers and Lions play, but after week one, I just had zero confidence, so I just said, we'll see what happens. Um, so it was funny. He actually messaged me in the morning and said, we won the first half. You guys won the second. So I'm going to count that as a win for us <laughs> since we never win anyway. So I thought that was good. But um, I had a good time watching the game, specifically the second half. I was a little angry at certain plays people in the first half, but all that worked out. Um, and just nice to see a, the Packers get a win um, especially just after driving three hours to see them get absolutely crushed the week <laughs> before. So um, that it was that was good for morale um, in the Kelleher household. Uh, that's for sure. And I'm excited for week three. I think, you know, this 49ers game is going to be really interesting and I'm not sure how to feel about it yet, but we're going to talk our way through it. <laughs> I think a big, big takeaway is, you know, um, John Runyon being in the offensive line and doing well was a good thing. Eric Stokes coming in and playing was a really good thing. I mean, everybody's been clamoring f- for that since, uh, since the minute he was drafted. So, I mean, I like the fact that the Packers are playing rookies right away. Um, I mean, let's talk about Josh Myers a little bit too who's uh graded really well PFF wise uh even better than Corey Lindsley I saw for the through the first two weeks like and it's not close he's at like mm-hmm. Myers is like 71 72 and and yeah. uh, Lindsley's at like a 52 so so yeah I mean good things coming from that like like we said um We'll discuss a little bit more about the defense coming up. There was a couple of fan questions that will uh, that will get us into that. But yeah, there. I mean, 
I think this this is kind of what summed it up for me. I was texting with my brothers and my dad, and it was jokes about the defensive coordinator, jokes about the defense of Ben not break and how you spell the word break and everything like that. <laughs> but it got to the point where you knew, we knew the Packers were going to win, and I all it's like, how are you feeling right now? And all I could say was, I feel better about this team, but I don't believe they're a Super Bowl team right now. Yep. And so I think that was my big takeaway from the game. I think, you know, the Packers did some good things and they took advantage of the mishaps that the Lions did like had. And that's what teams good teams do. You you take advantage of the 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 chances that you get when teams screw up and you take advantage. So and that's what they did. So it's a win over the Lions, nothing to write home about, but I'm glad that there's a win over the Lions. The, the game, the, the the win that we thought would actually happen. So, mm-hmm. uh, guys, we got a little bit of news. Uh, Dusty, I'm just gonna go to you on this one because uh, I don't know if you've been like, were you playing like sad music on the drive home when you found out that Sternberger was cut, or uh, you, are, are you emotionally are you okay because you know they've got Deguara now and and Tunyon's doing some good stuff? But how you feeling? I was listening to a podcast, a four-port series about uh, the most haunted house in Kansas. So <laughs> that might apply. I don't I don't remember. Um, no, I mean, and I think we had talked about this. I can't remember if we talked about this before the season or after we Yeah, won. I think it was right right before 53s were announced where we kind that's, of anticipated this. Is that sounds right. Yeah, and that was kind of a I, – I, I think we all agreed at the time. Um, you know, unless there's an injury to the tight end group, I assume Sternberger is not back. For week three, because that group that it seemed unlikely they were going to keep five in the group of Tunyon, Lewis, uh, Daphne and uh, Deguara. Just I don't know where Sternberger fit. So it's not not really a shock like it. it you know, he's one of those guys like I, I really it, it was one of the, if he put the pieces together, man, like he could be good. And it just it it just hasn't clicked yet. So. I still, I still am holding out hope for him in the future. You know whether that's practice squad or if he goes somewhere else or something because I think he does have talent, but it just, it just never clicked. It did not seem like it was like, didn't seem like he was on the verge of a breakout. Like this did not seem like his year based on off season and what we saw in the preseason and everything. So yeah, it, it's it stinks because if he if he hit man, I think he would have been good. Um, and now we're gonna have to hear a whole lot of. Well, you know, Terry McLaurin was right there, which I mean, yeah, yes, he was. Yes, he certainly was. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it sucks, but it certainly is, does not come as a surprise. Very reminiscent of the Dayton Jones and uh, DeAndre Hopkins conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are always fun. No, not fun. Uh, Sarah, you were able to listen since today is Tuesday when we record this. Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there was some good stuff going on today. So why don't you give us a little breakdown? Yeah. So first and foremost, uh, they kind of kicked off the conversation right away, jumping into what was the turning point in the game? Um, because they're definite, they definitely were stalling a little bit. And I think everybody was nervous. You know, the defense looked horrible in the first half. Offense started you know, with the run and looked really good. Then they abandoned the run for a little bit again. And then... They didn't look too great. Then they went back to it and they looked good again. So um, Pat McAfee and the boys asked Aaron, you know, what was kind of the turning point? When did you feel like you could really take control of the game? And he said hitting Devontae Adams on that 50-yard pass, that that was the turning point. And he said, you know, that was the first time we led a team this year 
Um, and then we, right after that, we got a stop on fourth down. Um, and it pretty, he said, you know, after that, we pretty much felt very confident with where we were and we could just kind of settle in and do the things that we wanted to do and that we knew we were capable of. So I thought that was very interesting that he actually admitted that because for me watching it, it definitely felt like that. Felt like that pass was the game changer and the game changing play. Uh, they talked a little about the just absolute dart that Rogers threw to Tunyon, um, where Lazard is wide open for a first down. And instead of just dumping it to Lazard, um, like, you know, a normal person, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is like, oh, I'm just going to thread this needle between, you know, multiple defenders and just somehow hit Tunyon for a touchdown. So they asked him about that and what kind of what through in his head, or what went through his head. And I thought it was funny because McAfee was like, when you're like about to throw the ball in your mind really quick, does it like run through your mind that you're like one of maybe three people in the world that can make this throw? And he's like, absolutely not. I'm not thinking about that while I'm making the throw. (laughs) So that was definitely funny. But he he said, if I can see our guy's numbers, he's open. That's what he said. He goes, as long as I can see his numbers, I can put on the back shoulder. I can put on the front, you know, whatever he needs to do. He's like, if I see their number, they're open. And I think that is the most ridiculous thing, but also just true for Aaron Rodgers. And it just goes to show how good he is. Um, I, I mean, my mouth dropped when I was listening to that. So that was just a very interesting um, little tidbit there. They also talked about um, – what it feels like for a big star like Aaron Rodgers to kind of sit back and let, you know, in this week's game, for example, Aaron Jones kind of take over the game. You know, we've seen at times that Aaron Rodgers really likes to take things over and lead the offense, but Aaron Jones very much led the offense for the Packers. And he said, you know, sometimes you just have to do that. You have to be patient. Um, and he did talk about how against the Saints, they should have done that more and they didn't. Um, so I thought that was interesting as well. He also was very excited that he got to see Tim Boyle, Jamal Williams, and Geronimo Allison. Uh, he said he loves Boyle. He actually posted that he was his little brother on Instagram. Uh, and he said, you know, Jamal Williams, you can't replace someone's energy and passion like his. Um, and then he just said Geronimo Allison is a great human um, and he talked to them for a while. He said they were there late catching up with those three guys and that he was really excited to see them. Um, that was really the main points about the game. And then another interesting part was um, he went on this rant. And I, I emphasis on rant because he really went on this rant about people <clears> – <throat> Joaquin Finley, that have been talking about him all week after the week one, um, quote unquote, celebrities that are using his name for clicks that don't actually know him. He never mentioned anyone by name, but it was very obvious who he was talking about. And in the most poetic, eloquent way, basically said to F off that none of it's true, that they don't know him. They don't know his work ethic and mindset and that they're just wrong. So I was that was it was crazy. Um, And he definitely was not happy that people are talking about him. And he specifically was triggered by the fact that um, they referenced his Zen mindset and how that's a negative thing. And he thought it was a positive thing. So that was interesting, too. But if you did not see that rant, I would definitely recommend looking it up. 
um, because it was very interesting. And if you had some doubts about Aaron Rodgers and his commitment to the Packers after week one, I would watch that because it'll probably change your mind too. Yeah, there was a lot of fun stuff in there. Um, you know, I, I, I the one takeaway, I, I watched a bunch of the highlights and they were asking him about how playing with Devontae Adams, like does he feel lucky to do that? And he's like, you know, man, it's it's not even about the player. It's about the people and the person that they become. And I just kind of like took a deep breath. Deep breath. I'm like, oh my god, are we doing this again? Are we really going back to like it's it's all about the people? It's not like oh, it was like crazy flashbacks from the off season. So I'm glad there's a lot of other stuff that we were able to talk about. Oh wait, I also forgot the book oh, club book, book club. for this week is The Giver. It's a classic. Mm, a Don't one. cheat and watch the movie. Read the book, The Giver. Um, that was the Aaron Rodgers book club this week. So had to shameless plug there. So. All right. Well, uh, before we jump into next week, we do have a little housekeeping to do. Uh, we have an over under uh, prop bet to talk about and our over under prop bet from last week versus the lions was who was going to have the better game, Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams in total yardage. Sarah and I both correctly picked Aaron Jones while Dusty went with Jamal Williams. Mm -hmm. It was not even close. So Mm -hmm. uh, at this point, I feel like Sarah and I should both get two points for this and be coming in at two and one while Dusty's sitting at 0-2. Listen, man, I'll take the loss. The loss is is a loss, man. Lost by one point or lost by 50. It counts the same, Steve. That's very true. Very true. So Sarah and I now both sitting one and one, Dusty at 0-2, and and, uh, we will have one for for this week's game against the 49ers. But uh, as a call out to everybody, we still need some sort of punishment where last year I lost the prop bet for the season and had to eat like Andy Herman for a day. That was very painful, but uh, we'll need something new this year. We'll need something new. So calling out to everybody, if you have any ideas, would love to hear from you guys. Uh, It'll take a little while before we decide on something, but Always love to get some ideas from you guys. So feel free to shoot those to us at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller, for at C Perhatch. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll pick out hopefully one of the best. But, guys, it's that time. Let's start talking about week number three for the Green Bay Packers, taking on the San Francisco 49ers Sunday night football. And God knows it's going to be bad because they're traveling <laughs> to California. They're traveling to California. And when has that worked out well for Matt LaFleur and the Packers? I- Absolutely love that you just didn't sugarcoat that at all because that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, took the words right out of my mouth. Just, so thank you. I, I just don't feel good about it already. But um, <laughs> let's let's do our breakdown: Packers offense versus 49ers defense. The one thing that we're going to look for, Dusty. We're going to start with you. Yeah, for me, it's um, and it, it's something that that popped up again this past week. Excuse me. We're two weeks in at this point. And the offense of Rodgers specifically just hasn't seemed like he's really found his rhythm yet. That was a big thing last year, year two under the floor, man, that ball was coming out. He had that, the quick game rolling, you know, the, the, you know, running game got moving a little bit and he was hitting some swing stuff to Jones and stuff this past week. But, you know, he also took, a few sacks and some of the bigger plays. I'm thinking of that. Um, he had the Devonte Adams one across the middle, kind of that cross body that Devonte went up to grab and a few others in there as well. That came off of, you know, Rogers 
buying time and not maybe not throwing to the first read and kind of dancing around a little more than he should. And it, it's it's just one of those, you know, it, it looked it looked good at times. Um, you know, he he had a good game. I think his you know his QB rating was you know something like one forty six. Numbers were good. But it's kind of one of those we've seen this, you know, over the, the past few years before 2020. That was that type of play is just simply not sustainable at this point, especially with an offensive line who has looked good. I mean, Steve, you pointed out, you know, the two guys uh, last week, but it also is something that patchwork offensive line, like not every game is going to be great. Uh, you can't rely on that secondary read stuff being open all the time, especially against a team that has a good front like the Niners do. So, you know, and I, I was kind of looked a little bit at, you know, time to throw. Uh, this year versus last year. And last year, he kind of tightened it up a little bit. His average time to throw uh, per PFF was 2.71 seconds, which is good. Um, you know, I think he, he had been hovering higher than that, but 2.71 with some games, I think he was around, you know, 2.2, 2.3. He's 2.82 so far this year, which wasn't doesn't seem like a lot. But, you know, over two games, you look at that average, like it's 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 higher than it should be, especially given how he was just kind of plant that back foot and fire. And so some of it is guys aren't getting open, but some of it is, I think he's not, he's just not quite back yet. Quite not quite back in rhythm. I don't think so. I'd like to see a gig, especially against the front, like the Niners, some of that stuff we saw, you know, he hit Devante and some, on some stick routes earlier uh, in the game that would, went well, give me some more of that. If not Devante, then someone else, just those three step, five step, hit that back foot and that ball is out. They need to get kind of get back to that. He needs to get back in that rhythm. And I do think he's working his way back there. I don't think it's an area for concern. Just one of those, especially against the Niners, they need to do that. I'd like to see him get better at that as the season goes on anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for, man. Just just some of those quick hitters, less of Rodgers running around and trying to do stuff uh, kind of after the playbacks down with his legs because just that's not sustainable and it's especially not not something that seems like it's going to be successful this week. Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code Packaday to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets. Did you know that two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they turn 35? Spoiler alert, there's a reason I usually wear a hat when recording my Packaday videos. As I've gotten older, my hairline isn't quite what it once was. That's why I decided to try Keeps. Keeps has been so easy to use, giving me access to easy hair loss treatment and prescription medication delivered directly to my home. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair with treatments starting at just $10 per month, and Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash packaday to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash packaday to get your first month free. keeps.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, what I'm looking for is kind of say it's a good segue from what Dusty just talked about. And, you know, it feeds into the fact that Aaron Rodgers has been under a lot of pressure at times in week one and two. He hasn't had a ton of time to throw, dance around in the pocket. We've seen it a little bit, but, you know, not as much as we did last season. Um, so, you know, an easy solution, which they successfully implemented a few times, was getting the running backs involved in the passing game. You know, quick slants, out routes, Whatever it is, um, they're able, you know, to pick up a few yards and at least move the chains little by little um, when Rodgers can just quickly connect with one of them. So, you know, obviously Jones was a monster um, in the past game in week two. A.J. Dillon had a really nice catch um, on Monday night. So I think, you know, looking out for that and getting them involved. We know that Rodgers isn't going to have a lot of time against that D-line. We know that they don't play well in California specifically, especially with Matt LaFleur. So let's just do what is really guaranteed at least a few yards pick. Let's, you know, slowly move the chains, get a few yards here and there. You know, you can go deep. You can look for MBS. You can look for Devontae when it's there. But don't force it. I feel like a lot of the times in the past, especially when the Packers have played the 49ers, they've really forced things. Um, And I think they just need to stick to a very simple game plan. Um, you know, this is also a game where a guy like Randall Cobb could be, you know, very important um, over the middle there. We saw it a couple times on Monday night. Um, he is obviously a trusted guy for Aaron Rodgers. So this is just quick plays, getting the players involved that needs to be involved. And it's really nothing more than that. That's definitely what I'm going to be looking for. Um, and I think that's really, if you had to ask me, a key for the Packers to win this game. Um, you know, their backs are against the wall. They don't travel well to California. We've been over this. So. Just do something that you know is good. Pass the ball to Aaron Jones because you paid him a bunch of money to stay on this team, and obviously it was worth it. So just use him as much as you can. That's my advice. Matt LaFleur, I know you're listening to our podcast, and I listen every week, so there you go. You can just listen to that, and hopefully you guys will win. So you're welcome. Amen. Absolutely. We know like all the Packers coaches listen to this. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a couple things I'm looking for is just um, Packers offensive line, you no know, moving Runyon into the starting lineup. It looks like and looks like and taking Patrick out, and then um, 
you know, not having Bakhtiari, that that front seven for the 49ers is legit, man. Like they bring pressure and they can do it with four. They can rush five, six, who like they they just bring variety of pressure and they get there and um it's going to be fascinating to watch, see how the, the, the rookies are going to hold up, Myers and Newman, and, you know, adding in a second-year guy like like Runyon, man, that's you're putting those guys to the fire. So it's going to be very interesting, and that kind of goes along with my second point of the 49ers secondary is actually pretty raw. Like, it, if there is a weakness on that defense, it's them. That is the spot that the Packers can attack. So it's can the Green Bay Packers offensive line give enough time to Aaron Rodgers so he can attack those guys. So it's kind of a give and take between the two of them, but that's kind of where I'm going to be focusing my attention on, seeing if if they give Aaron Rodgers enough time. I mean, he gets the ball out really quick, but those guys get in there really quick. So it's it's going to be really fascinating to watch the give and take between that. So that's where I'm looking. Guys, we got an over-under for this week, um, our, our prop bet. I got to stop saying over-under. It's our prop bet for this week because this is actually not an over-under. But uh, just kind of interesting because Devontae Adams definitely went off this past week against the Detroit Lions. And uh, Debo Samuel is the leading uh, receiver in the NFL for yardage-wise. And so they're going up against each other this week. So the question is, who is going to have more yards this week? Devontae Adams or Debo Samuel. And this is strictly receiving yards. This does not this does not take into effect any jet sweeps or anything like that. This is just receiving yards. So Sarah, I'm gonna start with you. Who do you think is gonna have more yardage? I'm gonna go with Samuels. Um, and it's not that Devontae Adams is gonna have a bad game. I don't think that's gonna be the case. Um, but I lean towards Samuels for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't trust the Packers defense. They have not earned my trust. Um, so I, I worry about that. And number two, I think um, for the Packers that more receivers and more players will be involved. So we saw this past week was a great example. Aaron Jones was in the mix. Devontae Adams, Tunyon, a lot of different guys making plays and coming up big for the Packers where I think the 49ers are probably just going to consistently try to hit Samuels as much as they can. Um, and then he'll probably pick up a lot of yards because they'll just keep targeting him. They'll probably target King, Kevin King a few times, and then he'll have a few pickups. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel like it's going to go. Um, so I'm going to go with Samuels. Yeah, I'm actually also going to go with Samuel. And that's uh, for a lot of the same reasons Sarah said. I don't trust the defense. And we got, you know, Stokes was out there this past week. Uh, I think he looked really good in the reps he was in. He's still a raw rookie, kind of a project guy you knew was going to be a project coming in. And so it's going to be that. And also Samuel plays, I don't know, like a third of his snaps from the slot, which, oh, who was playing the slot this past week? Oh, yeah, Kevin King. They moved Kevin King into the slot. It was actually a mix between him and Shannon Sullivan. We did see some Jair Alexander there, so maybe there's more of a move towards that. And so that that would be interesting if – when Samuel goes to the slot, uh, who gets that assignment? Is that Jair or someone else? So uh, that that would be, I think, a very interesting development. But I'm with Sarah. I think uh, between not fully trusting the Packers defense at this point and then also just knowing that the Packers are likely looking to spread that out a little bit more. Steve, I mean, you're talking about that secondary, the suspect secondary, maybe a few more shots to MVS down the field. Like, you know, maybe get Tunyon a little more involved. You know, he, he got some more targets this past week. So I don't know. I think... I, 
I think it's going to be Samuel. If, if Devontae comes out and, you know, just absolutely blows the Niners away, it wouldn't shock me in the least. But I think that, like, Shanahan's so good at scheming up these guys and getting them into favorable situations, and the Packers is going to have a tough time finding answers for that, I think. I'm taking Devontae all day. I'm very disappointed in both of you having no faith in Jair um, and locking down. And plus – it's the re- not him. Dude, it's De- not but him. Debo, They're going Debo's, to target Kevin King. Debo Samuel, you want to know where he got his bulk of yardage? Against the Lions. So okay. what is the Packers defense right now, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> they have Jair. The Lions, don't have, they, the Lions hey. don't have a cornerback. The problem, and that's fine. You can take Devontae. That's fine. But I just just speaking for me. Thanks. Again, I part appreciate of, that. I appreciate part, you validating Part that. of not trusting the defense is not trusting Barry at this point to put Jair in situations where he's – I trust exactly. Shanahan and his offensive acumen over Barry and his defensive acumen right now. Like that's, that's basically where I – that's basically where it came down to for me. Matt literally had to tell Barry to to fix whatever the hell he was doing in the first half. So he doesn't even trust him. So why should he? And he he fixed it, Sarah. (laughs) They didn't score in the second half, did they? Okay. All righty. (laughs) Yes, I am fully aware. When you have to tell the defensive coordinator, hey, maybe you should blitz once in a while. (laughs) Like, that's a crazy concept that you have to tell the defensive coordinator that. I get it. Joe Barry. But now it's clicked in Joe Barry's head. Do what now? I can do what now? I can send more than four. Really? I can. It's like he was like playing no. The Sims, and it was like a new feature was unlocked, and then magically. <laughs> I thought if I sent more than four, that was a taunting penalty. Is that not the case? Is that out there doing now? Okay, good to know. Thanks, coach. Thanks, coach. All right, let's jump in. Uh, some questions from everybody. First one, Jason Perone. In terms of a sequel, aka Game Two, following Game One. Which movie franchise have the Packers been so far, and how on earth did such a terrible original warrant a sequel? So just so we're all on the same page, this is the the original movie was so bad that how the hell did they get a sequel that was way better? Correct? Roughly. Yeah. Roughly. Okay. Dusty, I'm sure there's some like horror movie that you can throw to us. So what do you got? So I'm not going to go so bad, but we're going to go relatively speaking. So for Jason, because I actually talked to Jason this past weekend. He's one of the people I've met that I've known since I started doing Packers writing, essentially, and finally got to meet him in person this past week. The optimist of me wants to say Halloween Kills over the remake of Halloween. But Halloween Kills isn't out yet for like another month. It's just I believe it's going to be that much better. But for movies, I think that have been out now. I'm going to go Friday the 13th Part 2 over Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Kind of gets looked back on rose colored glasses. One of the first of the slasher boom, but really, it's not that great of a movie. That first one, it's it's one not not it's one of my least favorites in the series. Honestly, like it's not great. Blah blah blah. Part two, like one of my favorites of the series. That step up there they had. They introduced Jason Voorhees. He's got the he's got the freaking sack head and all kinds of stuff. It's just it's incredible. Like it's it's great characters. One of my favorite slasher movies. So I'm gonna go Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Did. Did you just say sack head? He doesn't get his mask to the third one. So he's got like a burlap sack over his head and Friday the 13th part two. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I haven't just, heard, I haven't really heard sack head. A, a sack on his head. He's it's sack head, Jason. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Sarah, what about you? 
So this one was easy and I have an on-brand answer for me as well. Um, so as far as the, it's not the original, but it came before it. So Thor the Dark Lord, World, horrible, horrible movie. One of bottom tier Marvel movie. Um, but then Thor Ragnarok, which was the next Thor movie, was super good. And it's up there, you know, in the top tier of Marvel movies. So um, how, how on earth did such a terrible... A, original or I guess we could say sequel warrant another, you know, another movie, um, contracts, people have contracts and they've proven <laughs> that they can do their job, um, well. And so you give them another chance and then look what happens. So there we go. And for me, I decided to go, um, Batman begins and dark Knight because, That's um, good. I like I like Batman Begins. Like I, I do. Like I liked how they re, like rebooted the series. Did that with with um, with Christian Bale. And the first time I saw Batman Begins, I was like, "Dude, this is awesome! A good movie." And then you saw Dark Knight, and in comparison, like they are just it's night and day, man. Dark Knight is so much better. Like so much more production value. Like it just it's such a far superior film that it just kind of pushes Batman begins like out into the corner and like Katie Holmes as, uh, as Rachel Dawes, like that just, that just never was on the right level. Like that wasn't a good casting call. So overall, like I, I like Batman begins, but man, dark Knight was so good that, that I think that's kind of where it is right now. Next question, Brian, the nerve grader. Do you have a favorite nickname that you are called and do you and the rest of your cast think is better than Boho Blast for Corey Boyarquez? Speaking of Boho Blast, do you have a favorite soda? So good job, Brian. I like to play on words for all of it. Uh, Sarah, you said you did have a favorite uh, nickname. So what what do you got? So I have a favorite nickname. I don't think it's better than Boho Blast, but it's my preferred nickname if I had to choose one. So a lot of people used to call me in high school when I was younger, Skelly or S. Kelly, since it's kind of combining my name. Ah, so, like um, so that was always fun. Like with soccer, that was kind of a thing. Um, but I always, I always thought it was fun. Um, a lot of like um, my usernames like on social not on twitter but on other handles is like skelly four or something else so um it was actually a nickname that i ended up really liking and that has kind of stuck so that would be mine um and my favorite soda i'd probably just go like a classic coke or sprite um i don't drink a lot of soda but when i do it's it's one of those uh my nick, my real name is Dustin, and my nickname is Dusty, <laughs> and I like that better. So that's my preferred nickname. I don't, I don't Breaking really have news. one. There's only, there's only so much you can do with, with, with my name. I had people in high school that tried to get, get me called Maynard because that's my middle name. So I thought that was cool, and it just never stuck because it's longer. It's tough to have a nickname that's longer than your regular name. So. I didn't really stick. So, no, I guess not. I don't know. Um, favorite soda? I'm going to go L8. L8 one is a local local soda here in Kentucky. It's made in Winchester. It's basically like a like a ginger ale, like a caffeinated ginger ale that is tremendous. Just if you get like a cold one on a summer's day, there's nothing like it. Uh, I think they distribute outside of Kentucky now, but not far. Uh, but that was always, that's been my, I like Sarah, I don't really drink 
soda too much at all anymore. Uh, in fact, I can't remember the last time I had one. Uh, but w- uh, when I do, it's a buckle ale eight. As far as my nickname, I mean, same as Dusty. My name is Steven, and it's spelled with a PH. And if it was up to my mother, nobody would have ever called me Steve. Uh, that would <laughs> that was just not in the not in the cards. But everybody did. Um, so I, I mean, I stick with that. I mean, I used to get called just by my last name a lot in high school. That was one thing, and then uh, college was the only one that ever kind of came up with Stevie P, which I never Stevie really, yeah, never really got on board. Fresh with. Young Stevie P, never got on board with that one. So, and then my favorite soda, Mountain Dew, is normally always the go-to, and then I always I got into the the Code Red was also a really good one. I like that a lot. So that's a, a very close runner-up. Brian Hartstead, uh, with the Packers defense being the weakest link, what advice would you give to defensive coordinator Joe Barry to fix it? And the food question, what new food that you uh, have tried recently would you recommend to your co-hosts? So, Dusty, how do we fix the defense? So I've been, I've been thinking about the Barry defense because it was something I was really excited about, you know, coming into the year as far as like, the structure of it, some of the stuff we thought he would bring from that Staley system there and all of that. I've read entirely too much and have listened to entirely too much about defensive structure of the Staley system. I'm not going to get into that all right, all right now, but I mean, you know, I think, you know, it's sound for the most part, like the principles are sound, but so much. And it's something that, that I've been trying to get better at this off season. I spend so much time, you know, trying to decipher, you know, scheme and thought process and is this sound and what's the call and what are the pieces doing all that, that I tend to overlook the human element of this stuff, which is uh, the, the big thing about Staley that, you know, you've, if, if, if you've read as much as I have on him, he's a really good teacher. Uh, I mean, that's, that's been said about him a lot. He's a good communicator, a good teacher. And that's so key on this stuff. And we saw that, you know, less in week two, um, but certainly in week one, just that lack of communication, man, just guys turning around, guys not knowing their assignment, like your scheme can be sound. Your scheme can be amazing. But if you're not communicating as a defensive coordinator, you're not putting guys in the right position. If they don't know their assignments, like it just that'll just kill you. So, you know, I don't want to say just be a better communicator. But I mean, Staley's big thing that I don't know, you know, how I assume it's one of those things that everyone in the league does this to some extent. But Staley's big thing is always. You know, we don't we don't teach the individual groups of guys what they do on any of in play out front. We give everyone the overall idea so everyone knows how the pieces play together. If you watch those Rams defenses from last year, especially the back end of the defense, all those guys are playing on a string, man. Like it's all just you you can watch them pass off assignments and it's just absolutely beautiful to watch that. And you watch some of that stuff with Barry and it's just a little clumsy. Like it's not there. Guys don't know what they're doing. And so I don't know if that's a comfort thing or a communication thing, but that's that's been something I've been trying to get better about about watching is okay, how are these guys playing? It's not necessarily the scheme, but do they seem like they know what they're doing? So I mean maybe is it mean to just say i don't know barry be a better communicator be a better teacher uh because so often it it does just seem they're they're playing a little slow they're 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 processing a little slow they don't know where they're supposed to be so maybe that comes with comfort but um i and i don't know if the second half was an indication maybe the advice is just listen to matt lafleur uh when he tells you to be better and then just be better at your job so i think for me it's it's just i don't know communication and teaching just because that seems like a big point for this defense. Um, 
as far as new food, I'm going to go with the one from this past weekend. Uh, so, you know, up in Green Bay this past weekend, I went to Hinterland. Um, I was sitting there with Tyler Herrick, and he kept talking about the duck wings there. I mean, you got to eat the duck wings. The duck wings will change your life. So I did because he wouldn't shut up about them. <laughs> they were so good. It was duck wings and like a Korean barbecue sauce that were just amazing. So, uh, you know, it's probably – you. I, that's the only place I know to get them. So maybe you got to go up to Green Bay and go to Hinterland to get them. Uh, but those were – tremendous uh what advice would i give to joe barry i would basically just tell him to have the defense apply more pressure all around the field so we've seen through at least two weeks that the packers have really sat back a lot on the defensive side of things they're not blitzing a lot um even you know at least in week one especially because it's just burned into my memory just watching it all over and over again um you know a receiver would catch the ball on the other team and there would just be nobody right there and they'd run five or six yards before somebody even came into contact with them and then you know we the packers would miss tackles and all that fun stuff so just be more aggressive apply more pressure we saw on monday night that when they did blitz good things happened so you know obviously you don't blitz every single play but be more aggressive. Apply pressure. You know, have guys like Jarrier Alexander lead by example, where he is going to just absolutely be aggressive on every play, and he's going to tackle well. He's going to break up passes, and you you could tell Eric Stokes is taking pages out of his playbook, um, and he kind of has that same mentality. So that would be my advice to him. As far as food, I really haven't eaten anything out of the ordinary lately, so I'm going to pass on that one. I'll keep it very short and simple. Uh, blitz way, way more. And food, we kind of talked about all, all of us kind of actually discussed this previously, but breakfast tacos. If you are not eating breakfast tacos <laughs> right now, you need to be doing that. I had some over the weekend at First Watch. Uh, Sarah said she's been doing them recently. Dusty had some over the uh, weekend up in Green Bay. Yeah, up Bay. at the, the Creamery at Green Bay, yeah. Dude, they are just unbelievable just some chorizo some some scrambled eggs like whatever else you're throwing on there but man breakfast tacos are amazing eric rose two weeks two weather impacted games of the bad weather options which uh do you prefer melting in jacksonville the rain or freezing your tail off and for food what's a better sandwich a philly cheesesteak or a po' boy so dusty what's your uh what's your ideal weather out of those three freezing my tail off man i i'd much prefer layering up as opposed to just soaking or just sweating like i just just give me give me the cold there's a reason that the majority of packers games i go to are in lambeau in december um i just i want it cold man um and then yeah i'll take uh both of those are both those are really good sandwiches i'm gonna go philly cheesesteak uh just because a good, it's hard to find a good Philly cheesesteak around here. Like it's just kind of generic, but man, a really good Philly cheesesteak. It's really, really tough to beat that. For me, I, I prefer the cooler weather, obviously just to escape the Florida heat. But if I had to pick one to play in, it would, or just kind of, I don't want to say survive because that wasn't the question, but I kind of, took the question as, you know, if I had to play in one, which one would it be? It would be just be the heat because I'm used to that. I mean, I've lived in Florida my whole life. It sucks, but I feel like I'm at least like used to that weather. Um, It's what I deal with pretty much year round besides a two or three month frame. So I would go with that. But yeah, I wish I wasn't used to it. And that 
that wasn't something I've just become comfortable living with it because it's <laughs> just not fun. Um, and then I'm going to agree with Dusty. I'm going to go Philly cheesesteak. Good Philly is just undefeated. Yeah, I'm going to go freezing my tail off because, man, I if I am sweating, if I am like way too warm, then I like I can't sleep. I can't do I can't do anything like I'm just, you know, I'm just uncomfortable the whole time. And I hate that. I don't want to be soaking wet either. And I, I, I would much rather be able to be able to take a layer or two off and be comfortable as opposed to just not like nobody wants to see me with my shirt off at a Packer game. That's just, a, that's just a sight that nobody wants. So like if I'm sweating my tail off and I can't take a shirt off, yeah, that's, that's no fun for anyone. So I will go with freezing my tail off and then fully agree with you guys. Philly cheesesteak is, is the way to go. Don't get me wrong. A pole boy is good. Mm-hmm. Had them when I went down to New Orleans, they're a great sandwich, but if you get a good Philly cheesesteak, man, that's uh that hits different than, than the pole boy. Cole Pope, do you see Joe Barry getting canned mid-season or are we all still just early season panicking? Sarah, I'm just going to – I'm going to start with you on this one because we, we both had the same reaction when this happened. So, <laughs> Yeah, so if you would have asked me this question at halftime of mon- the Monday night game, I probably would have said, yeah, he's going to get canned mid-season because <laughs> um, this is just – this guy – you know, what's the one meme from SpongeBob where he's like, this guy stinks. That's how I felt. Um, but he turned it around. So if – the defense is able to come through in games. I think he'll survive the season. We also are talking about the Packers who traditionally try to stick things out through the year. Um, so now that I am calm and the Packers have won and the defense didn't allow any second half points, I would say I'm just panicking a little bit, but who knows? We'll see because I know Shanahan probably has some fun things in store for him on Sunday night. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, I feel pretty confident saying Joe Barry's not good, but <laughs> maybe he'll get better. Maybe a 51-year-old man who's on his third stop as defensive coordinator will get better. But, man, it's tough to see. But, no, I don't think he's getting canned. I mean, I think if someone say – like there'd have to be someone on staff. And I think if they were that close to, say, promoting, I don't know, Jerry Gray or something to defensive coordinator, they would have done it uh, in the offseason as opposed to hiring Joe Barry. So I think at this point, like – it's tough to install a new defense midseason. And again, if you were like, uh, well, hire, we're going to fire Joe Barry after two to three games and bring in Jerry Gray. If it was that thin of a line on that decision, you would have just promoted Jerry Gray anyway. So no, regardless of what people say, I'd be shocked. Like unless they give up 60 points for the next three weeks or something, Joe Barry's not going anywhere. I don't know, man. I think that's a possibility. <laughs> Listen, that's why I put that disclaimer out there, Steve. I'm protecting myself. I honestly, I, I would not be shocked if they did it. I would definitely not be shocked if they did it. And that I, Sarah and I had the exact same comment because I we came on the before we started recording, and I said I never would have thought I would have said this, but after the first half, I thought I was like, could Joe Barry be fired? I was like, no way in hell, like. No way. No, like, come on. They're not going to fire this guy. After that first half, I was like, yeah, they might fire this guy. That's that's a real possibility. That is definitely a real possibility. So, honestly, I think – I don't know if it's a, like a Ray Rhodes type of situation where they just have to admit that they made the wrong call 
and they need to, whether it's, you know, whether it's Gray, whether it's Mike Smith, whether it's somebody that, like, I agree with you, would have to be somebody on the staff. Yeah. But I think there's some good people on that staff that could step in and do some good things. So, um, I mean, who was that? That was, was that Mike Smith that was jumping all over Eric Stokes after his big fourth down play? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike Smith is a lunatic. I would love him. I would love him. That's the energy I want. That's the energy I want. So, huh. I don't know. All that kind of sounds pretty good to me. So, yeah, would it would it shock me if they fired him? No, it absolutely would not. And honestly, if that's the kind of thing that I feel like Gutekunst has been doing a really good job of is being able to identify issues and, and solving them where J.K. Scott was not getting the job done. They cut him like normally that's like, eh, we're just go. Well, we'll just we, we drafted him. So we're going to let him run his contract through what? No, they weren't taking that. So they went out and got a, they traded for the guy that they wanted. And, um, you know, getting Stokes in the first round now, like they're they're trying to address issues. And if they truly believe that Joe Barry is an issue that cannot get them to the Super Bowl, I think they will address it. I really do. So. Um, fingers crossed that they don't have to, but if he doesn't keep doing the things he did in the second half, man, it would not shock me in the slightest if they did it. Guys, it's uh, it's getting late. Dusty, Dusty's got the sleepy eyes. I think we need to wrap this thing up. Um, so let's do some closing thoughts before we go. Uh, Sarah, what do you got for us? Nothing major. Um, just hope everybody's staying safe out there. Um, you know, cases are starting to trend a bit downward. So hopefully that continues. Everybody's staying safe and healthy. Um, but other than that, I'll have my recap up. Another late one. Um, bedtime story is what I, let, I called it this week. Um, so we'll have another bedtime story Sunday night. Um, but appreciate it. And everyone's been really great, interactive on Twitter during the season, despite a bumpy road for the Packers a little bit so far. But um, should be a good one. And then you know, the week after that, I'll be in Green Bay. So it's an exciting time. And um, like we've said, all off season and now into the season, let's just have some fun and enjoy it. Yeah, and for me, I've got a uh, piece on Cheesehead. With the Monday night game, uh, I got pushed back a day. And so Cheesehead piece is going to be out on Thursday. I haven't even started looking at what I'm going to do, but it's probably going to be that tight end screen to Tunyon and the uh, – I was gonna say I was gonna say the touchdown pass to Aaron Jones, but like then you have to specify which one that is. Uh, <laughs> so that that little swing pass out of the backfield where the rest of the action is moving the other way, I'm probably keeping it small this week just due to limited time and all that. So, uh, but that'll be out on Thursday, and uh, I, it looks like it looks like I'm gonna be on the uh, the Cheesehead stream with AJ Dillon this week as well, which I'm Ooh. really really excited about. Um, the thing I'm oh, most yeah. excited about is AJ Dillon brought up horror movies this past week. So oh. I definitely got a question in the hopper about that, uh, for if slash when my name gets called. So I'm excited about that. And, uh, yeah, lastly, again, you know, I've talked about a bunch already today, but the trip to Green Bay was amazing. Uh, you know, meeting, meeting, and then reconnecting with all these people <clears throat> that I know from Twitter. Uh, like it's just, it's just another reminder of, you know, the people behind the avatars here and kind of what a great community. I know at times Packers Twitter and the Packers writing community, all that stuff can get a little rocky, but just a great reminder of how many just amazing 
uh, passionate, lovely people are out there just covering the Packers and doing this stuff from a thousand different avenues every single day. Um, so just, just, you know, getting to watch a game with, with three people that I've met through this has been amazing. And then just, you know, talking to all these people, uh, through the weekend has just, just been incredible. So, uh, again, just, it was just a really, really nice reminder to me. I know of like kind of reconnecting with those and like, there's a lot of really good people out there. Uh, and it was just really awesome kind of getting a chance to see all of them. So that's my, that's my final thoughts. Just, just keep killing it. Everyone keep killing it. Uh, I just want to say, uh, thank you to everyone. I was, able to open up a little bit about some things going on in my life and my mental health and, you know, being diagnosed with PTSD and how that's affecting my life and got some amazing messages um, from people and supportive things. And just, it meant a lot that I was able to finally kind of talk to somebody else, um, just kind of throw it out in the world and, and get so many positive responses and, and, know that it was like actually got one or two messages saying how much it helped people already. So, um, so yeah, it was just a, a really cool thing for me that, uh, I was able to talk about it, help, hopefully help a couple people along the way and, um, just go out of my way to say, you know, if you ever need anybody to talk to DMS, I know Dusty and Sarah have said this as well, but our DMS are always open. Um, does not have to be about football definitely does not have to be about football, especially with all the crazy stuff going on. So um, feel free to reach out, but uh, th- big thank you to, from me to, to anybody who, who reached out to me. It was definitely, definitely uh, made me happy and made me smile. So thank you for everything. We will be back next week to talk about hopefully a Packers victory over the 49ers. Uh, make sure you're tuning in wherever you can, five stars, whenever you can. Uh, But we'll be back um, next week to talk Packers football. So thank you guys for listening. And as always, Go Pack Go!